Welcome to Mystic Grace Podcast number 25, and we are here in West Sedona with Drs. J.J. and Desiree Hurtok, and they have been friends of mine for over 25 years, and I am so, so happy to have them again once more on on my podcast. It is um, the December 15th, and this is number 25. This is our fifth podcast that we've done together. One was with Crop Circles, Colin Andrews, right back in Connecticut. So thank you once again. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you, and then we are going to talk about the soul body. Thank you so much. Well, first of all, I was trained as an archaeologist. I was also interested when I was very young in Egyptology, and so my early life was really looking at secrets of the past, the whole nature of human civilization. I had the opportunity as a young scholar to work with some of the great minds at the Center for Democratic Institutions, headed by Robert Hutchins, president of the University of Chicago back in the late 60s. And I was asked by the Walt Disney brother, Roy Disney, to teach science to young minds, young artists, at a new program called Cal Arts, California Institute of the Arts in the early 1970s. With that, I had an opportunity to really explore the depth of the young mind and to see the purpose of life as something that wasn't in books, but in actual experiences of opening the mind to other levels of consciousness. And we're going to talk about this, and I would like my wife then to follow up, because she was my student at CalArts. Right, so I'm Dr. Desiree Hertek, and I went on to study other areas of environmental studies, as well as public policy. But our real interest, of course, is Dr. Jack and I have written many books on the topic of one very popular, Over-Self-Awakening, A Guide to the Schoolhouse of the Soul. And I think our topic today is on soul, and I think it's an interesting topic because many people always want to say, well, does everybody have souls? Do animals have souls? Right. What is the soul? In the ancient scriptures, the soul is generally seen as the divine spark that inhabits the human experience. The ancient Egyptians felt the soul was the representation of truth, balance, and the cosmic power of life. In the traditions of the great philosophers, the soul was seen really as the, the guiding mechanism of life, the purpose of being. And we've reached this point of human society where all these words seem a bit flighty, a bit abstract, because we're living at a time and circumstance where we've seen a lot of suffering, a lot of changes of Mother Nature. And young people in particular are seeing a future as a time of suffering rather than a time of joy. And this is something my wife and I would like to address because it was at the lowest moment of inner suffering, which the great philosophers call the dark night of the soul, the search for higher meaning, that in my opportunity as a young scholar to use different language mantras, I sought answers 
by turning my body into a musical instrument. And through chanting, through singing, through different forms of meditation, I achieved a point of what could be called a morphogenic door that opened suddenly before me. And I saw the eternal divine mind and glory. And that inspired me really to leave behind my previous consciousness like a suit of clothes and to move forward into this body of light and glory. And I think that's really the essence of the soul. It is the marriage of the divine and human in an active participation of life. So Dr. Hurtak, may I ask you where you were exactly? Were you at home? Were you standing? Were you at that out, time you I fully was awake? In Sausalito, California, this was back in the early 70s. And uh, school had adjourned, really, for the holidays. And I was with uh, several students. And then I found myself alone because I was in a state of meditation. And I was chanting ancient Hebrew Aramaic mantras of the names of God. This also brought me into a deeper experience of putting music to the chants. Some would say it was a type of awakening of the energy and the search for God in his most genuine sense that suddenly allowed a burst of light to take place before my eyes. And I was asked by an angelic being, we would call this now a higher dimensional being, but at that time we called it as an angelic face that asked me a simple question, are you ready? And I had prayed for hours before this, asking if there was a divine source. I would dedicate my life to the service of humanity, speaking of the divine source, the divine being we call the Eternal One, the Eternal Father, in the Aramaic Abba, in the Greek Yahweh. And so uh, I wasn't one of those students that were there, but I do know some that were. And basically what happened then to Dr. Hurtak is that uh, this beam ultimately then engulfed him when he said he was ready and took him, his whole physical body, into a light garment energy. So the students who came back later could not find him for a couple days. Now, a lot of people say, because they've heard of abductions and things like that, well, was this one of those? And we said no, because basically, first of all, he was asked, and second, he didn't go into a any kind of spaceship. I think this is important to also say, although many people have, and that's their unique experience. Um, but he went into this beam of light that took him through certain areas of the universe and then beyond. So ultimately, at a certain point, he reports in his book, The Book of Knowledge, The Keys of Enoch, that he left his physical body on a certain plane level and then went in his light body the rest of the way. And the being, of course, with The Book of Knowledge, The Keys of Enoch, the being who first encountered him uh, in his meditation was Enoch, and ultimately, in his higher state of consciousness, he connected with what's known as Metatron, or El Shaddai, which is connected to the higher throne realms. So, Dr. Hurtak, when I met you many, many years ago, I asked you what you saw on the other side 
I was familiar with near-death experiences. They were helping me understand after my mother passed uh, many, many years ago about where she had gone and how I could maybe communicate with her when I was also given a command about being able to heal ourselves here on this side, on this physical realm, through color, sound, and vibration. My life has been dedicated to the understanding and the knowledge and the faith that we don't die. And so we have to understand what the soul body is. And when I asked you about what you saw or what you felt or what about the colors, because that was the first thing that was given to me, you said to me, you are in for a treat. And I thought, am I going to go (laughs) see this myself? I said, no, I'm going to dedicate my life in the faith and the understanding of of what's on the other side that we should already know about now because we've come from this other side because we are the soul having the human experience. So yours is like the eternal living experience because you prayed to the Father and you said the sacred words. Yes, I had been searching for many years, studying the Sanskrit, the Coptic, the Greek texts of philosophy and the mystical experience. But now I was teaching students, very prominent students, and I wanted to convey to them a sense of substance. And so I could not simply philosophize something about the eternal self. And so I prayed that I could have a taste of the eternal one. And what I experienced was what we call in theology the beatific vision of seeing multidimensional realities suddenly appear with a whole stream of colors, with beautiful sounds, but ultimately with the sense of recognizing that there is a mind in the greater universe. And there are personalities, like beings. We would call them in Sanskrit maha-avatars in the Judeo-Christian Western sense of philosophy. We would call them master teachers or lords of light, teachers of glory. Of course, one of the manifestations I saw was the Christ being. We recognize in the New Testament the experience of the great apostle who was taken by his own confession to one of the higher heavens and experiencing the living Christ. Now, this was something that was profound for me because I had worked in different scientific areas also, and that experience brought together both sides of the human experience, the scientific and the spiritual. And that was the celebration of life. It was a taste of the eternal present. It was a real examination of all of the things of the past that simply went to the side in the onrushing nature of superluminal light, bringing me into the distant future. But if I can say, I think what's important here to realize is what he saw is that we are not alone. And that's one of the things I think is the topic here. And that our soul is much more than a being sitting inside of a body and being trapped, if you want to look at it that way, inside of a body. In actuality, our soul is here for a very important reason right now. And that's something Dr. Jack also was told. 
he actually, of course, had an experience while he was up there, which he came back and wrote about in The Keys of Enoch. But it's um, also talking about 64 areas of science that are going to take a quantum leap because we are literally going to encounter other realities, other realms of intelligence. And some people are doing that now because their soul is getting more attuned to the realities that are beyond what the five senses are all about. And so this is really part of what he, he brought back. We are not alone. Our consciousness can link to these other dimensional realities, not just him. And I think this is important. Uri Geller says this too. It's not just me. We all have some potential for that. And that's what's really important for all of us to understand. And love to talk a little bit more about the soul itself. But this is really a very important result is our dedication really to help the young people of the planet to see that there's life beyond life, to understand that we are multidimensional beings in the third dimension, but we are being prepared to go into what the Keys of Enoch call the fifth dimension, the ability to be here as well as in another dimension of the universal intelligence. We are more than the five senses. We have higher senses of working with what we will call futurism or higher scientific knowledge that can bring together solutions that are driving much of humanity up the wall, solutions in alternative energy, solutions in breakthroughs in medicine and understanding of the genetic code, solutions in recognizing the divine spark that is behind all of the great movements of consciousness. And finally, the movement of humanity into a new frontier as we go from humankind to space kind to the realization that we are being incubated here in a planet, Mother Earth, which is really a magnificent schoolhouse for the soul. Again, the divine spark that has to be evolved. So if I can add just a few more words, actually, it's very interesting that really we are here now. It's a very important time because so much is taking place and we all have a role. The reason our soul has made its incarnation or manifestation on this planet right now is twofold usually. One, we have a mission to do, which we consider once you're more and more aware of things, is to really be a positive light on the planet because there's positive and negative forces going on all the time here. And, and if you can be the positive light, that's very, very important. Also, it relates to the next phase of what your soul goes into. But the second thing, which is important for many people, is that we're learning. We're, we're encountering things every day that we have to make choices. Uh, Every moment becomes our moment of choice, and we have to figure out, you know, do we go with our ego self or do we go with the helping of humanity? And what I found for souls who actually, Dr. Jack had a very profound experience, but on a much more uh, common level, people will say, I want to help humanity, I want to do more, and their whole life shifts because they start linking with what we call their higher soul or higher self, and then new things start unfolding for them. So we encourage everyone to be aware that you are here now for a very, very great time of awakening on this planet. So it is about being in service, and I hear that more and more now uh, from a, a lot of different uh, avenues here, but it's about being in service, but it's also about having faith about who you are. If someone were to ask me, well, can I see my soul body? Can you? Can we? Yes, ask? yes, we can. Uh, physicists such as Russell Targ and Elizabeth Rauscher, who conducted 
thousands of studies at Stanford Research Institute in the 1970s and 80s work with sensitives or people who had the ability to see beyond their physical form, their soul, their consciousness as a field of light energy. And some, like the late Dr. Irving Locks at the Center for Democratic Institutions, work with scientists who are working with instrumentation to actually realize that there is a soul field. In other words, in terms of the vibratory auras that we throw off that we don't recognize as something important unless we're keenly artistic. And we realize our mind can activate this aura and project it around individuals for healing purposes or teaching purposes. Recently, I wrote a book with Russell Targ, the famous physicist, entitled The End of Suffering, Fearless Living in Troubled Times, or How to Get Out of Hell Free. And this is the understanding that we have this glorious inner dimension we call the soul that we don't recognize, that we've devalued because of the materialistic perspective of how education is taught. Right, and if you really realize that you're here for a temporary period of time to experience this reality, and that the soul itself is what goes on, then you should really shift a little bit in your understanding to say, you know, what's important to me is not necessarily maybe all the money or all the, you know, this and that that I can acquire for myself because that's only a temporary reality, but how can I evolve my soul so that next time, um, and I believe in, this is part of the cosmology of Dr. Hertek as well, that he saw we actually can be almost simultaneously in many manifestations and we can certainly live in eight-dimensional, or we would even say 24-dimensional space. Uh, that's our higher self. And we can experience greater realms of reality. This is the greatest time to be alive, to realize that science is picking up on the real spirituality. And spirituality is beginning to understand divine science on higher levels of mind expansion. And what is necessary is the artistic nature to bring the two together. The experience opens the field to go beyond suffering in preoccupation with, I would call the lower consciousness or bottom below consciousness of unworthiness to realize that we are part of an orchestration of life. We are living in a synergistic symphony of sound and color that we don't recognize because we are taught to be colorblind, black and white only, or science that is only measurable according to a certain criteria only. No, we have to understand the life itself is the classroom and the heart is the tabernacle of the soul. When we find that, we have great joy and purpose. And this is why we, Desiree and I, enjoy talking to young people throughout the world in all cultures from South Africa to Northern Europe to South America saying, keep with it because we're going to go into what we believe is a cosmic change coming very soon. With cosmic intelligence on our doorstep, we're going to realize the importance of using should we say the introspection of moments of suffering or the dark night of the soul is the incubation for new life, new purpose, a new drama of how important we are, each one of us, in the overall roll call of the human reality, the human race, into cosmic identity. Well, Dr. Hurtak, can we lose our souls? Definitely, by ignoring the signs and the seasons of responsibility of why we're here. 
Right. So in actuality, the soul itself is the essence of who you are. And I think many people realize this, that when, um, like, two twins practically are, are born together or you have a sister and another sister, you know, you can basically teach them the same exact thing, and a mother knows this or even a father knows this, but they're still two separate individuals. Even if they've, you know, simultaneously had the same earthly experience, you know that they actually are different souls because how they develop and how they reflect on what you're teaching them is really, really different. So how do you lose a soul? Well, basically, first, you would have to have the situation where you really give up on life. Or be desensitized. And I I think that that is uh, seldom happens, although if you really destroy yourself, you can cut yourself off from that higher reality, in which case the evolution, which is part of your soul growth, really gets diminished and or gets back into, we'll say, the cosmic ooze. There's some ancient Christian teachings that talk about the fact that every universe has its soul development, and that, you know, here we are to evolve that space and time that we're living in. And if we destroy that or deny that, you know, we can lose that ability, and that soul goes back into the cosmic ooze. But I would say most people, that does not happen. The majority of people, you know, do have to come back to learn again and learn again. But it's important to realize that many people with near-death experiences who have had this, it's they feel their soul rising up, going to another level. They often see family or friendly faces. And one of the main questions is, what did you do when you were here on Earth? And of course, someone like Daniel Brinkley says, well, you know, I did the practical things of this, that, and the other. And they said, no, what did you really do with your life to help humanity? Because, and then he realized, hey, that's the real reason that I was here. They're asking me this question, what did I do? Well, it wasn't enough, so I think I'll come back and do more. How did you advance your soul? How did you... How did you love it? And how do we get the young people not to destroy themselves in all these different experiences um, that are harmful to them? Well, I think the most important thing is to realize that the soul really is ongoing, but you're here for a reason. If you cut it short for a particular reason, maybe because you just didn't know that there was any other, that there was a reason you were here, or maybe you just didn't know that, you know, this was hurting uh, the situation by, you know, say, committing suicide, which some of the young kids do, which is really, you end up really just having to come back again in a much worse situation. I mean, people should realize this is a consciousness reality, a consciousness field. It's not a physical field as much as you think it is. The physical form is to benefit the soul. You can't cut the physical form off earlier than the soul's mission, or you destroy that potential. So we are really not alone. You are not alone. On this planet, you're not alone in the heavens. You're not alone with extraterrestrials. There are so many levels of intelligence around, and we are here now for such an important period of time. We need to honor it and find our inner true mission. And this is pointed out in our recent book with Dr. Elizabeth Rauscher called Mind Dynamics in Space and Time, which is how we use the power of our God-given spark of intelligence, the soul, to be projected through what is called remote viewing, the ability of the mind to use its own power to travel into other dimensions and see wonderful archaeological sites in Egypt, which are never explored that we did explore with the power of higher consciousness 
or soul power, or to go into great musical work as we did with Jocelyn Smith in Berlin and use music and soul power to invite refugees from other countries, other cultures, and give them a sense of vitality and vibration and love. And so the sky is the limit in recognizing that we are multidimensional humans waking up in a vast and awesome universe that is not to be seen as a cruel reality, but rather as a test of finding answers, realizing that there are no problems, only solutions. And that begins with the spark that we nourish within our inner heart, our tabernacle. And I think we have to trust, and this is something we're just telling you because many people don't realize it, when it's time to leave this planet, it will happen to you. You don't initiate the change because we're here for a particular period of time to accomplish certain learning, as I said before, and also a mission to help and do what we can. And when that no longer is a possibility for us, then trust me, you will leave the planet. It will could happen quickly, it could happen slower, various situations um, based on your own consciousness awareness. But ultimately, we need to be here now. It's going to be tremendous, especially when and if other levels of intelligence start making their appearance. So we live in a society that's going through tremendous changes. We could say or write a book with the title, Growing Up Absurd, because things don't make any sense. You have so many changes taking place in the world of economics, politics, science. One doesn't really understand that this is really the test of human civilization that perhaps has gone too much into the material and very little into the spiritual. But the authentic spiritual now is coming back. It's really on the doorstep. And we have worked at the United Nations. We have worked with the Parliament of World Religions. We have seen people of all cultures, religions, backgrounds come into the realization that life is a partnership between the divine and the human. And it's really important to realize that we can make a difference. This is one of the things that some of the, we'll say, limitations on this planet make you feel like you can't. But you really can. And we talk about remote viewing, which is where you could be sitting in California or Arizona and literally put your mind instantaneously to another part of the world like China or the Middle East. And you can send positive energy to an area that maybe just had an earthquake or whatever. And what we also have encouraged people to do, and it really does work, especially if we do it collectively together, and all people like kind of work towards this, that uh, if there's a bad storm coming, like there was one coming towards, it was a hurricane coming towards Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and through prayers and energies, as Dr. Jack was saying, how powerful they can be, uh, the storm was diverted away from the major city. So there's little things, even if you're sitting in your room, even if you're paraplegic, it doesn't matter, you can make a difference. And It's not you in the long run, it's all of us collectively seeking to make a difference. But it works, and we need to start using that energy more and more. And then we really start empowering our higher nature. And prayer does work. And when you do pray, and when you do speak to your soul, your higher self, the creator, you do get answers. When I was 
ill back in, in the summertime. You prayed for me when you were in Switzerland. So many people, when they found out that I was you know, ill, they prayed for me. And I literally could feel the prayers around my head, like little whispers. I mean, so, and I, I felt the sincerity of them. I felt, you know, the, the, the best wishes for them. They were just, it was an amazing experience for me to, to let go and let God and and allow the prayers and other people to to help me. This is part of our DNA. This is part of our soul. If we do not help one another, that's that's our greatest gift that was given to us, and it actually improves our health very very much. So yes, it shows that we're part of a global mind. That all of our research so far, through major universities throughout the world that we've been connected with, shows that our Mental vibrations are part of an energy field which gives a sense of vitality and creativity. If we think of the word creation, let us think of the word co-creation, which is our part to step up to the plate or tap up, should we say, tap into higher realms and connect with those realms of conversation. And I'm saying this not in an abstract sense of philosophy, Romanticism, but in the actual sense of finding out who we really are. Because the ancients knew that we were able to work on multiple levels. In fact, you cannot read the ancient scriptures of the Far East and the Near East without recognizing they knew from the very get-go that the average soul was capable of experiencing other realities, other creative moments of joy, but those were only momentary and then the soul would move on to the rational soul, as the Greeks would call it, the Hebrews would call it the ruach, the breathing soul that would recognize, yes, there are certain modalities and patterns and musical forms that we can use, but then going to a much higher level of discovery of oneself, self-realization in the Sanskrit text is the nashama, the soul spirit coming together, we recognize your divine spark reconnects with the divine mind of the universe. And then the action really begins. And then the great works of art that you see in Mozart or in the great maestro Igor Stravinsky takes place. You begin to see the soulscape, S-O-U-L, scape, or the pattern of all human creation working together in a positive way. Well, if you really realize it, that our soul has unlimited potential. We can remote view, as I mentioned, it's been proven by Stanford Research Institute and even funded by the CIA, that we can be here and see something, you know, thousands and thousands of miles away. That's our book, Mind Dynamics, talks about. And the CIA wanted to disprove this, but the opposite took place. But also someone like Ingo Swan, who was an excellent remote viewer, actually was able to remote view Jupiter, and he described the atmosphere of Jupiter before our Voyager probes came by, which copied exactly, practically, what he also had seen. So basically, he remote-viewed Jupiter, and we would put forth that you can remote-view and tap into, that's even more importantly, to other dimensional realities, which means there's nothing in the universe that's known that could not be known by you. When uh, Stanford Research Institute was seeking funding from uh, the CIA, they, the Navy also. They, they tapped into a remote site and they got 
into a secret, literally it was a secret site from the NSA. They went into the file cabinets. This is all mental, obviously. And they were able to read top secret file names. That was amazing. So it just shows you that level of reality that you could know. But you can also know divine levels of reality, higher levels of reality. You can communicate with beings and other situations because your soul has that ability to tap into. The only reason you haven't been doing it is because you really think that you don't have that ability. So the first thing that people say is, how do you like grow your soul? If I can say that, well, realize it's greater potential, much greater than what you have known about in the past, usually. And as science moves towards proving the mind of God, and you being the super scientist and helping and teaching how this is done, don't you think is about our healing ourselves as we are becoming very ill on, on many levels, and especially with our, with our minds. But when we become physically ill, where do we go? What do we think of first? We think of, dear God in heaven, help me, right? Yes. So, we should. <laughs> we should. Right, right, we should. And so everything is falling apart. The, the structures of take a pill, take a shot, take a, you know, take this, do this, whatever, where where then we realize if we are really at that point where, oh my God, could I lose my life here? And could I really get sick and die here? Who's going to take care of me? You, you can. This was the whole idea of... of of God and spiritual healing and us. But I also think our soul has that potential when you say, oh, God, help me, that, you know, it's God can help, of course, to also heal and help the soul. I think that's so important. And if you come from a background where you've learned about the archangels and you have Michael, who's there for protection, and Raphael, who's there for healing, so to speak, these energies, whether you see them as beings or just energy fields, are also present to help. So the soul actually can reach beyond its local mentality to tap into these greater realities. And that's what we're trying to get so the point across. So what we're saying is essentially there's a higher reality behind the ancient mythological forms, the narrative forms of what Desiree just said about Michael and, and uh, Raphael, all of these forms that have come down through culture, history, and religion. But it really means we're not alone in the universe, and we are not. Our soul is not alone. It is not isolated. And yes, it can grow and develop and be really, you know, successful in all ways of interconnectedness. And this is what I experienced. And this is why the keys speak of 64 areas going into the genetic code, which now has been proven correct from what I wrote in 1973 in the keys of Enoch, the finding of our sun as a variable star in terms of astronomy and uh, planetary science. Uh, which people debated when I said this in 1973. NASA went ahead and recently confirmed the mathematical formulas that I had presented to colleagues years ago. So the new science is confirming what the ancient philosophers knew, that there was a higher guiding force of the universe. And although this long process, we go through many ordeals, many situations of quite a tragic reality where one religion would fight against another, one kingdom against another. We have come to a 21st century period now 
where we are seeing the dawning of a whole new consciousness. But what's we're seeing vehicles of light appear over the military locations of the world. We're seeing testimonies of colleagues that we work with, such as astronaut Gordon Cooper, who at the United Nations recognized that there were cosmic cultures. We're beginning to realize that spirituality, if properly used with a higher positive psychology and art, is really the rainbow bridge to other worlds. Right, and this is so important because, you know, many people want to hold on to the past. I believe that when you your soul starts understanding its own higher potential, which is really what we're talking about here, that it starts really being in sync with the greater universe, or at least with your mission in life. So no longer do you hold on to the old shoreline, but you go with the flow. And when you go with the flow of the river of life, you're brought into some beautiful spaces, some beautiful valleys and peaks and everything like that. And you start experiencing life on a new realm that you're in harmony literally with the greater universe around you. And that's really where our soul needs to be. And it only needs our acceptance of moving forward with the greater plan of divine love and caring that exists throughout the higher universe. So the eight Beatitudes, I wanted to add another one, and that was, blessed are they who have never had a near-death experience but believe anyway. (laughs) Very clever. (laughs) And I really wanted to, because that's my dedication, that has been my dream, that has been my vision, and to meet you both many, 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 many years ago, because I asked when I received that, well, what are we going to do about our mother here who has got stage four cancer? And she will be. She's. She died next week, 26 years ago, so 1995. And I was given, as you were praying, but I wasn't taken up. But a voice said to me, "You can heal yourself with color, sound, and vibration." And I said, "Oh my God! If this is you, you better put me on the front lines." And that is when I met you guys. After that, so well, I'm you've excited. been a star for us because you were able to turn a situation of death into self understanding, and reaching out to others because basically the greater love story is the divine in the human working through us to help others. And the synchronicities that start happening, even the synchronicity is how many places we've connected. And even one time you were driving and Dr. Ochek was walking down the street and you guys interconnected. Those are the synchronicities that start giving you a direction that you are in the right place at the right time. You don't need to do something else. You just need to go with that flow of consciousness, be willing to help others as best you can, and then it's amazing where you end up. So I think everyone should tell their stories and not be afraid, because we need more of those stories. We've given our power away, though it seems that way right now, uh, with the consciousness that's happening that's giving us an awful lot of anxiety. And actually, the whole book, End of Suffering, with Dr. Hurtak and uh, Russell Targ, which is available on Amazon and other places, says it's all about your story. And if your story is really limiting you, you need to change your story and to see that your story is part of the higher cosmos. You are part of a greater holism, and you can be part and parcel to that reality to have all the wisdom of the universe and to be fulfilling your mission. You just need to be open to moving forward and writing a new story in your life. And we're doing this at the end of 2021, which is a very important year, perhaps the most important I can think of in terms of the American history, because for the first time, leaders in the American intelligence community came out in June of 2000 
21, saying that we are pursuing the reality of extraterrestrial intelligence. This is a new drama, a new stage, something far beyond what Shakespeare wrote about when he said all the world's a stage. No, we're accepting the fact that there are other worlds, other cosmic cultures. This is something that excited astronaut Mitchell, and I work with him and others in his treaty to prohibit the launching of weapons in outer space because he knew there was intelligent life looking back at Mother Earth and when we would take that great step of putting violence and war behind us and making, as it were, inroads towards understanding we were part of a cosmic civilization. I just finished a book called Intergalactic Space Law and Intergalactic Space Diplomacy, which is the story of my work with intelligence uh, in both the human dimension as well as the higher dimensions. Going back to the first American Disclosure Conference in Washington, D.C. in 1995 when with Dr. Jack, excuse me, Dr. John Mack from Harvard University and I and others presented evidence that we were being visited by a very advanced intelligence that wanted us to grow up and take our sole power into the marketplace of new ideas and not to sit upon this opportunity we had to develop a citizen diplomacy that would allow each one of us to turn the page of negativity into prosperity where we would prepare ourselves with the excitement not to die but to live because our cosmic family is going to connect with us and is already doing so behind the scenes. And a lot of people are concerned about counters with extraterrestrials. But according to our research, actually, our soul is on par with other souls in the universe. And I think that's important to know. Yes, the animals have souls on this planet. Everything pretty much that's alive has some aspect of a soul within them. Some have even collective souls. It's another aspect we haven't talked about in this program. But ultimately, we can stand face-to-face with extraterrestrial intelligence and not feel that we're subservient to them in any way. Our soul is quite advanced. In fact, a leading journalist that we work with, Linda Moulton Howell, who's worked with the American military also, said that the soul is the most precious commodity some of the extraterrestrial cultures are Actually, admirers of our admirers of our souls. Because why are we so different as social animals from animals? It's because of the reflective power and the forward-looking or precognitive power that we have to recognize. We have brilliant uh, opportunities of learning, quick learning, co-creativity, sharing, as it were, vast amounts of knowledge of where we are in the living universe. And we have this opportunity now to open a doorway to the heavens, to reinvent an ancient biblical story, to see the ladder of the angels taking us, we call the cosmic teachers, into new realms of possibility. So this, I say this in all love to the young people listening to our program, take a second look at life and realize the preciousness of your soul. Recognize its brilliance, its shining power. And like Beethoven in the moment of despair, when Napoleon had come into Central Europe, put forth something of great music and talent to overcome negativity, put forth new ideas and new creativity, and make your goal one of service to humanity and transhumanity or future humanity. And shall we say, take yourself off the cross of space and time and take that cross and make a new geometric pattern of ascension. And look at yourself within 
and look at yourself in the mirror and see what's around you and behind you and say to yourself, I love you. I love my soul. I love my my power, my soul power, and I'm going to take my soul power. It's so important because this is the eve of 2022. In 2022, the American government, I believe, is going to release more information because other experts behind this scene will come forward with their testimonials. This is an opportunity for each of us to prepare ourselves with positive psychology and sociology that we can be spokespersons if indeed there is cosmic contact visibly across the world. We have this responsibility to see ourselves as being prepared as citizens of the greater universe. But our soul is also very much prepared to be at one on any of these realities, on extraterrestrial realities, on higher divine realities. And so, yes, we have much more to say with you in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just would like to end this podcast this year and begin another new year with a prayer. Just a prayer for all of us, us being the United States, us being soul, cosmic citizens, together. All We're all in this together, but to recognize each one of us as we look at each other and, and we bless one another just by our very, our very eyes and our very essence. We visualize this beautiful blue-green planet. We look into the greater cosmos and we ask you, divine source of all sources, Light of all lights, love of all loves. In the name of the I am that I am that you gave the prophets. In the name of the Most High, El Elyon, that you gave to the apostles. In the name of the Father of all creation that you've given to the poets and the musicians. We put our hearts together. And so with our hearts open to the cosmic powers, to the divine Godhead, to the cosmic Christ, we awaken to our inner nature that is also divine. And so we ask to be away from fear and instead to have a higher faith, a faith and understanding that we are cosmic beings taking a short time here on this planet to learn from our experiences here, to help nurture the planet, to bring peace, love, and harmony here and now. We don't have to wait for the future. We don't have to worry about the past. We are here now to be the light, to be the light bearers. And so let us say a short expression of Om Shanti 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 Om. Let us do this together. And Om is that universal sound. Shanti is peace. And when you say Shanti, put that peace throughout the planets in Sanskrit. And the triplet of the Shanti means Body, mind, and spirit is the Trinity being. The Om also relates to Shalom in the scriptures that we bring together east and west, north and south. Om Shanti 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 Om. 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 Seven times for the seven seals, and then the words of King David in Psalm 139. Where should I go from your spirit? And where can I run away from your face? If I should ascend to heaven, name me my soul, there you would be. And if I should 
spread out my soul in the lower depths of the world, there also you would be. And were I to take the wings of the dawn that I might reside in the most remote sea of the planet, there also your own hand would lead me and your right hand would lay hold of me. Let these words of the psalm of King David bless us and seal us. And let us realize that what we're speaking about is the cosmic consciousness that exists throughout the universe. And let us close with another mantra. Adonai Shema, the Lord who is here. Adonai Shema Adonai Shema Adonai Shema Let the love, let the glory, let the wisdom of the Most High be upon us, for our soul is doomed to perfection. Our life is just beginning. We behold the higher path leading to fellowship and glory. Thank you. God bless us, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Hertox, very, very much. This is Little White Buffalo, Colleen Clabby, signing off on podcast number 25. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>